Quotes from Greenelsh, number 105. Ask, where am I? During these difficult days, I'm sure you are asking a lot of questions and searching for answers. Asking questions is one of the best ways to learn and grow. Of course, some questions are more instructive than others. A few questions can even fundamentally change your life. Like, who am I? Where am I? And why do I do what I do? They rank among those vital questions. They're all related, but let's look at them through the question, where am I? This question goes back a long way. God asked a similar question of Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, after they disobeyed him in the Garden of Eden and hid from his presence because of their guilt and shame. God inquired, where are you? Of course, as their wise and loving creator, he knew where they were, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. They used to be closely united and devoted to him. But when they chose to disobey, they ruined that fellowship and separated from God. That decision brought death and suffering to the world and the human race. Everyone after Adam and Eve inherited their same independent tendency to rebel. We all prefer our own way instead of God's way. Deep down, we want to be our own gods, tending our own garden. With the onslaught of this coronavirus pandemic, I'm sure your garden has been disrupted. Maybe it was disrupted even before now, by the evil of others, this broken world, or your own foolish choices. People in first century Israel experienced similar difficulty and distress. They were restricted and oppressed in their homeland by pagan foreign rulers, the Romans. They experienced loss and suffering. They were unsure of their future, and they even asked, Where is God? God answered by sending God the Son to become a man and save not only Israel, but the entire world. His name is Jesus, which means God is salvation. Yet God would provide his salvation in an unexpected way. People would not earn it, for no one can live up to his righteous standard or enter his holy presence without being destroyed due to their unworthiness. Instead, God would freely give it by having Jesus die, although he was completely innocent of any wrong. When Jesus hung by nail-pierced hands on the cross, when he bore the sin of the world, when his spirit broke from being forsaken, when he cried out in agonizing death, when the storm devoured the sun and the earth quaked, all hope seemed to die with him. His followers mourned and despaired. Who will conquer Rome? Who will rescue Israel? Who will disarm Satan? Who will bring order out of chaos, light out of darkness, and life out of death? If he couldn't save himself, how will he save the world then? How will he save it now? 
how will he save me? Is that how you feel? Has your hope for a better life waned or died? Well, I have good news. Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. His death paid for every person's sin and rebellion, and his resurrection gives power to those who trust and obey him so they too can conquer death and live rightly with God now and forever. That Resurrection Sunday, commonly celebrated as Easter, changed everything. Jesus was the first to resurrect from the dead into a glorified body. He is our forerunner, our example in all things, and the answer to the questions we've been pondering about identity, status, and purpose. Jesus is God the Son, who now lives at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for those who believe in Him and preparing them to be with Him. He has given God the Spirit to believers to convict, counsel, comfort, and empower them to become like Jesus and do what He does in saving the last, the lost, the least, and the outcast. Soon He will return to earth to reward believers, judge unbelievers, and put an end to death, disease, evil, and the reign of Satan. Likewise, anyone who believes in Jesus has the answer to his or her own identity, status, and purpose. Who am I? Followers of Jesus are children of God. They have been adopted into his wonderful family. Where am I? Believers are united with God. Although they are still in this world, they are no longer of this world. They have citizenship in God's kingdom. Being with Him is where they find fulfillment, now and forever. Why do I do what I do? Followers of Jesus humbly rely on Him and represent Him like a fruit-bearing branch abiding in its vine. They lay down their lives in love, like Jesus did, to serve all people, proclaim God's truth, and carry His light and salvation to others so they can know God also. Please consider how you would answer these questions right now. Who are you? Where are you? Or where are you going? Why do you do what you do? Do your answers involve God or just yourself? God created every person with an immortal soul. His desire is for every person to live with Him and share in the love and joy He experiences within His triune nature of Father, Son, and Spirit. When our physical bodies die, we will continue to live. The question is, where will that be? With God or without Him? Those who accept God's invitation to be with Him enjoy all God is and has. Those who refuse Him will suffer endlessly in torment, having chosen to separate themselves from God and everything good, loving, and right. 
How you respond to Jesus now determines the quality of your life, your impact on others, and your destiny. Even though you were not there at the cross the day Jesus died for you, or at the empty tomb when he rose again to give you new life, you must decide what to do with Jesus. Pilate, the Roman governor who sentenced Jesus to death, wanted nothing to do with him. Roman soldiers flogged Jesus, crushed a crown of thorns into his skull, cast lots for his clothes, and mocked him. Prideful religious leaders who were offended by the truth and afraid of losing their status and power plotted against Jesus and had him killed. The crowds who clamored after Jesus when he performed amazing miracles and praised his entry to Jerusalem at Passover, thinking he was the heir of King David who would save them from Rome, quickly changed their minds. They were for Jesus when he did what they wanted, but as soon as he didn't meet their expectations or he required them to change, they either turned on him or turned away from him. Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, was acquainted with Jesus but never got to know Jesus and ended up betraying their friendship by leading others to arrest Jesus. Fortunately, not everyone rejected Jesus. Many followed him. Two thieves were crucified alongside Jesus. One reviled Jesus, but the other rebuked his fellow thief and humbly asked Jesus to remember him in his kingdom. Mary Magdalene, who Jesus cured from demon possession, faithfully served Jesus. She grieved at the cross and was the first person Jesus visited after he resurrected. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were both members of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. Yet unlike most of their associates, they came to believe and follow Jesus they took the responsibility to bury Jesus. During Jesus' arrest, all his close disciples ran away. Peter even denied knowing Jesus. But after Jesus resurrected and visited them, they finally understood his teaching and his mission. Furthermore, after Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent God the Spirit to dwell with all his followers and empower them. Each of the close disciples devoted the rest of their lives to sharing Jesus with others. Most were martyred for their faith. As you read about followers of Jesus in the Bible, you see that they were ordinary people. They sinned, they had flaws, and they struggled with their faith. But unlike many around them, they recognized their need for a Savior and acknowledged that Jesus was the only answer. They wanted to turn from their old life to know, trust, and obey Jesus. They wanted a new life of growing in relationship with Him. They followed His lead in serving and helping save others. What about you? This Easter, as you stand at the foot of the cross, or outside the empty tomb? Where are you? 
Do you recognize your need for Jesus? Whether you don't know him yet or have come to know him, he is calling you into a deeper journey with him. Will you walk away from him or will you walk into his open arms? Our world is in distress, similar to first century Israel. We don't know when this pandemic will end. We don't know how severe and protracted the cultural, political, and economic ramifications of it will be on our plans, our jobs, our lifestyles, and our freedom. But your hope this Easter does not have to depend on your circumstances, yourself, or on others. You can hope in Jesus the resurrected Savior who has overcome anything you will face. Turn from your old deadly life and accept new everlasting life in Jesus. Joyfully trust and obey Him and He will guide you and work through you to help others.